Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And um, first, we're going to talk about the big soap news at the end of the show. Um, Michelle Safford is leaving General Hospital and going back to the Young and the Restless. Uh, and I just wanted to give a big, big, big shout out to my sonny, Luis, um, for, for sending that to me. We love you. And I hope you can actually listen to me in Australia. <laughs> um, otherwise, you're never going to hear this. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Nipsey Hussle. Uh, the rapper and entrepreneur was uh, shot yesterday in Los Angeles. Um, a lot of sites are using terms like gun down and and I just feel like that's very disrespectful. Um, yes, that may be exactly what happened, but it it feels wrong to me to say that. Um, you know, people say whatever you want. Um, everyone makes their own choices. But like I said, it just to me that feels so wrong. Uh, the manhunt for his killer is underway right now in Los Angeles. Um, and, and there's just a bunch of information coming out um, in little trickles. It, uh, Nipsey was, before he turned over a new leaf um, after a set in prison, um, was part of a gang. It's something he was very open about. He um, he actually set up a programs to help disadvantaged youth who were likely to fall into um, a gang. And right now, police suspect that his shooting, his murder, was part, um, partly gang-related. That this was a personal attack, it was not a random act of violence, as some believed. Um, that he was a target. Um, they're not releasing why they think this, um, outside of the obvious that, um, of the three people shot in this, um, attack, he was the only one who was killed. The other two were rushed to the hospital and... Um, they're, they're expected to be okay. So, and and that's a great thing. Um, I'm glad that the other two are okay. I, I, obviously no one's happy that Nipsey died. Like, what kind of person would you have to be to be happy that a fellow human being was killed? Um... So, just before Nipsey died, he he tweeted out this weird cryptic tweet that said, having strong enemies is a blessing. And everyone is trying to understand what that means. And the cops think that... It was Nipsey's way of predicting his own demise. 
which is very, very, um, it, it, it's very weird. Um, not saying that they're wrong because obviously this is what they do for a living. So they, they probably would know better than me. It's also very um, discomforting to think that, like, he knew he was about to be killed. And even worse is that, he, in a way, it with that tweet, it almost seems like he welcomed it, like he wanted to die. Uh, and I'm not, I'm for sure not saying that he did. But it, you know, and this goes with any kind of social media post. It can be read much differently after you die. Um, you know, I social media is one of those weird things where you read into it what you want to read into it. Um, so, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, we're going to stay on top of the story. As more details emerge, I will bring them to you. And I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So in any other day, this would have either been our lead story or the big story at the end of the episode. Um, instead, it's the middle story. uh, Today's just, I mean... Wow, it, there are so many good stories that, out there. Um, Wendy Williams, and when I say good, I just mean juicy, and they can really sink your teeth into them. You know what I mean? So, okay, you guys listened to the Wendy Williams episode on Saturday, and you know that um, I've been predicting the demise of Wendy Williams' marriage. Not because, again, not because I take great joy in it. And not because, you know, I I want her to um, get a divorce because neither of those things are true. Um, you know, I'm hoping that She's happy with whatever decision she makes. And that certainly seems to be the case. Um, Yes, she, you know, last week was a very bad week for her. But this week we're starting with news that she is, she and her husband, Kevin, are looking into separating. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be honest, when I first read that they were looking into separating, I kind of rolled my eyes and was like, it's not that difficult. But, it kind of is. Um, they own her production company, Fifty Fifty. Um, he's her money manager. He's also an executive producer on the Wendy Williams show. So, 
there's a lot going on there. Um, and so extracting everything and and setting up a divorce is not going to be um, an, an, an easy task. And in fact, I would argue it's probably going to be um, very difficult to kind of separate everything and everyone out. Um, so th- that's why they're looking into it and not actually just separating. And again, as I said last week, and I'm going to keep saying, everything that's happening is because Wendy wants it to. Everything that's leaking out it's leaking out because Wendy Williams wants it out there. She wanted people to know that her husband had a baby with another woman. Yes, it's embarrassing for her, but it also brings people to her side. And what I mean by this is she had built her brand up as the tough-talking you know, get real talk show hostess who also went home to a loving family and, you know, everything was peachy keen at home. And so what she needed, and I think she knew this because, as I've said all along, she's a very smart woman. She needed something to pivot on. She needed the public to encourage her to leave her husband. And that happened in mass last week. Um, every story about Wendy Williams um, on the gossip blogs was filled with comments from her adoring and not so adoring public saying, ditch him, divorce him, girl. And... You know, frankly, I think she's going to be much better off without without him. Um, there are some suggestions that they could potentially work together. Um, that Kevin might stay on as executive producer of the Wendy Williams show. No. Get rid of him altogether. He humili- humiliated you. He slept with another woman, got her pregnant at least once that we know of. Possibly more. It's time for you to focus on yourself. There's not going to be any um, custody battle over their kid. Um, Kevin Jr. is 18 years old. So frankly, all they have to do is divvy up the assets. Which is not going to take very long. Um, Like with the Nipsey... Um, the Nipsey Hustler story, or Nipsey Hustle, excuse me. Um, I'm going to stay on top of this story, and I'm going to be right back. And I am back. So this, this story is, um, bizarre. Um, two women have come forward and claimed that David Blaine molested them. 
One woman claimed that in 1996, um, I'm sorry, 1997, she went to David Blaine's apartment and he hypnotized her and made her jerk him off. And another woman said that, again, she went to his apartment and he raped her repeatedly. Um, the NYPD Special Victims Unit cold case is investigating, although no charges are expected to be filed against him. At least no criminal ch- charges are expected to be filed against um, the magician because... The statute of limitations have uh, lapsed in both cases. Um, so I'm not quite sure here what what's actually happening. Um, and what I mean by that is we have a man who allegedly assaulted two women. But, no one, um, no, um, charges can be brought against him with these crimes because the statute of limitation is, is up. Unless what they're hoping for is a floodgate of other victims coming forward, um, and the police being able to investigate those charges and um, start building a case against him. Um, there's also a chance, and again, I don't know what this is, just from previous cases, I'm I'm making an educated guess that there could be a civil, um, a, a, a civil lawsuit um, brought against him. And if that's the case, uh, I'm not sure that there is a statute of limitations that can um, I, I'm curious, first of all, you know a law and order SVU is doing this episode. like I can already hear the writers um, writing the script right now. And if you can't. You have not watched that show. Because this is literally the type of case that uh, that they they live for. The, those writers live for this. Um, but what I was actually um You know, I. There are a bunch of misogynistic men who. I haven't haven't read every article on this yet. I've only read um, from the Daily Post. Or the New York Post, rather, sorry. Um, But I'm guaranteeing you that there's a bunch of men who are screaming loudly. That the women wanted it. They went back to the apartment. 
um, that the one who says she was hypnotized is lying and she jerked him off voluntarily. That it was his right to sleep with them because they were in his apartment. It, and before you yell at me, this is true. These, there are men who will say things like this. I don't agree with them. Um, Will and I... Well, I was reading, um, I was preparing a segment on Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. And Will, Will had to kill it because I was getting so nauseated and frustrated because these men were just so obnoxious. Um, and, and, this, uh, I wrote a, I wrote an article about it, and, you know, and I, I did my little hashtag thing, and I thought that they would understand, like, I am not on your side, I don't like you, but they found my hashtag, they liked the article, and they retweeted it, and I was like, what? How are you retweeting this when I'm basically bashing you? <laughs> and and I say basically. But what I really mean is I was bashing them. And I'm not ashamed to say I was bashing them. <coughs> um because <laughs> Um, the article is called The the Third of Male Egos. Um, anyways. Yeah, so, David Blaine, sexual assault, being investigated, I'm, I, I'm kind of curious, I would love to talk to someone on the SVU team, um, NYPD, not Law and Order. Although, if someone from the Law and Order SVU team wanted to talk to me, I am right here, just, just. Email me, call me, whatever you want. <laughs> oh boy. Um, it, um, because I want to know what the point of investigating him is, is if there's no charges that are going to be filed. I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, Okay. Um, y'all know, if if you don't know, today is the start of Camp NaNoWriMo. Yay! And I have so many projects, it's not even funny. Like, seriously, so many projects. Um, (laughs) that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Sometimes I have to remind myself of this. (laughs) Um... So recently, my my main gig kind of started changing the rules a little. So I decided to um, focus more on freelance writing articles, um, writing short stories and sending them out for publication. And, you know, word count is a very important thing with that. Um, you know, the one... Um, the one story I just wrote could only be up to 5,000 words. Now, most publishers will 
we'll give you a little leeway and they'll say, you know, this is what we prefer, but if it's a little bit over or a little bit short, we'll still consider you. But generally speaking, when they say we want between 500 and 5,000 words, that's what they want. I'm sorry that, you know, you can't argue with them about that. It gets a little more difficult to talk about word count, though, when you're writing a novel. Um, I, I had started writing um, a comedic, satirical, whatever you want to call it, a mystery novel. Back um, a couple years ago, and I pitched it to some agents. And the one agent loved the concept. He just loved the concept. The thing was, I had done it, I did it for NaNoWriMo. And he really wanted to buy it. Or he really wanted to represent me. But he wanted the he wanted me to edit the the story to make it 30,000 words longer. He wanted it to be 80,000 words. That was his threshold. And for those of you who have read my writing, you know, I, 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 I'm very short on details. Like, I give you enough to, to set the scene to help solve the mystery when I'm writing a mystery or whatever it is. But I'm not like, the tree's bark was brown and it lifted high into the sky. And it nearly touched the Empire State Building with its green leaves filled with chloroform. No, because y'all already know that, okay? Y'all already know that the tree is tall. If I say the tree is tall, and you know, to be fair, I might actually say the tree was as tall as, as the Empire State Building. But I'm not going to tell you that the leaves were green. Because if I'm telling you it's warm outside and it's summertime, you can use your damn imaginations to figure out that the leaves are green. (laughs) But uh, that's neither here nor there. So, um, I'm in a bunch of writing groups on Facebook. And one of the questions I see most often is, does my story have to be? And I guess it's a fair question. And, you know, and I would rather people ask than not. Because if you don't know, then you're going to make a mistake. But there's also a part of me that wants to scream inside and say, it doesn't have to be any length. You tell your story. And if, if the story is liked by a publisher, if it's liked by an agent, they're going to work with you. You know, we, we writers often get so bogged down in these details. Oh, it has to be this long. Or, oh, we have to do this. Or we have to... That we kind of lose sight of... Just tell the story. If you're writing a book, just tell your story. Maybe Random House won't pick it up. Maybe Stephen King won't blurb you. Maybe John Grisham won't put you on his recommended list or Oprah won't put you on her book list. But be true to your story. Don't be true to 
Gilahan Oprah's book list, because guess what? Then it's not your story anymore. Then it's Oprah's story. You know, and the, the, the reason why I love NaNoWriMo so much is because, yes, they, they do say, you know, hit 50,000 words to win this contest. But I don't say that 50,000 words has to be the end of your story. They're just encouraging people to write. And more than anything, that's what I love. I love encouraging others to write, to create and to follow their bliss. And I know I just sounded like Cher from Will and Grace there. (laughs) Um, But seriously, I I, I really can't emphasize this enough. You know, um, for this Camp Nano, I actually have two projects. I'm going to work on a sequel to Crazy Rich Homos called Crazy Rich Weddings, where my two main characters are preparing for their wedding, obviously. And then I'm writing a horror script. Um, and it kind of sucks because my Mac died and I had my treatment on there and I didn't save my treatment. So I'm really hoping that I can get my Mac working again so I don't lose out on all this. And people are like, why? How can you do work on two projects at a time? 100% honesty here. I love Camp NaNoWriMo and I, you know, I'm going to do my best to get them both done. But at the end of the day, I signed up because I just wanted to make sure I was writing and working on my projects every day and not just on the gig or writing articles or writing um, short stories to make money. I want to make sure that, you know, because at the end of the day, when, when the short stories, when the articles are no longer bringing me money, my books will. But we're going to talk about passive income later on in the week, I think. Um, right now, I'm going to go. And I'll be right back with the Michelle Stafford story. And I'm back. As promised, we're going to talk some soaps now. And generally speaking, I try to make the last segment about the big story. Like a big name, Wendy Williams, um, Rosie O'Donnell, The View... Um, Jesse Smollett, R. Kelly, those are the big, big stories that are kind of shaping everything right now. But this, this is really, um, this casting announcement is going to change, um, soaps in a big, big way. So Michelle Stafford started her career as Phyllis on The Young and the Restless. And she played her on and off for years. Um, there was a, there was a recast for a while, um, and Michelle, I believe, went on to um, do Pacific Palisade, which only lasted one season, um, with Fenella Hughes, I believe. Um, and for those that don't know, Fenella Hughes plays Anna on General Hospital, uh, and she wrote a best-selling book. Anyways, so about five years ago. Michelle Stafford left The Young and the Restless. Um, No one has ever really spoken about why. It's always been assumed that it was a contract thing. So so Michelle left and then hired uh, Gina Tagnani, who had played Kelly Kramer over on One Life to Live. And... 
of Michelle ended up over at General Hospital. And this was the first, you know, a big, big um, one-upmanship between the Young and Restless and General Hospital. Um, General Hospital lost Steve Burton and he went over to Young and Restless, so General Hospital lured Billy Miller back into the ABC fold. And like I said, it was just one-upmanship constantly between the two shows. I'm sure it was great for the actors. They were probably getting sweetheart deals. And then it's, um, Gina took off in the role of Phyllis. She became uber popular. Um, she won Daytime Emmy Awards. Um, you just really, praise was lavished upon her. Over on General Hospital, Michelle Stafford didn't have the same success. I believe she was nominated for a couple of Emmys, but fans didn't. Fans loved her, but they didn't really take to Nina, her new character. Um, when Nina started, like the whole point of Nina was, you should be able to have a crazy person without wanting to redeem them. That was the premise behind the character, according to. Um, Former head writer Ron Caravalati. And this is why I generally only write his name. And by the way, guys, I love Ron C. I think he's a fabulous writer. I think he's 100% great. Um, but, so, so this has all happened. And it's it's a very interesting thing, um, because finding roles that match an actor's strength is very hard. And the psycho role would have actually fit with Michelle Stafford. Um, she does great. She really excels in it. When um, when Ava went into labor with her baby. And Nina planned on stealing the baby. That was peak Stafford. That was her at her height. Um, but again, in when she, when Nina was paired with Valentine Castine, things started to kind of um, smooth out a little bit. Fans still weren't embracing the character, but they liked her a little bit more. So, this weekend, news broke that Michelle Stafford is leaving General Hospital and going back to Young and the Restless as Phyllis, which means Gina's out of a job. Probably not for long, my guess is um, Frank Valentini, the executive producer of General Hospital, is already working on a deal with her to either... um, come back as Kelly Kramer, or come back as a new character. Um, and there's been, there were some suggestions that she should join Days of Our Lives as Sarah Horton. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, but I can, I can definitely see um, Gina going back to General Hospital as a new, um, either a brand new character or as a recast Sarah Weber. Because that would give Elizabeth something to do. At this point, I think um, Becky Hurst... Has, is the senior most cast member uh, who's still on contract. 
Because um, I don't think there's anyone from the 80s era that's still selling their contract anyways. Um, but what led to this? That is the really big question right now. Um, last week we talked about how Steve Burton was potentially going to lose his job for racist comments he made on a podcast. Well, word on the street is um, executives weren't necessarily happy with the ratings that Michelle was credited with. When they when they hire a big name, uh, a Michelle Stafford, a Steve Burton, a Maurice Bernard, there are certain expectations for ratings. Generally, you know, obviously, the show's an ensemble, so it can't all be them. But they want to see some kind of um, return on their investment. And... I'm not sure that they got that with with Michelle. So, but this is the soap community, and unfortunately, at this at this stage, there's only four broadcast soaps. There's countless um, web soaps, but there's only four broadcast soaps right now. And that's where the money's at. So you you kind of have to play a game. So what people are thinking is, um, there's a new cult storyline on General Hospital called... Um, Dawn of Dawn of Day or something something like that. Now there's some debate whether this cult is supposed to be um inspired by Scientology, which Michelle Stafford is a Scientologist, or the um the sex cult Nexum. At this stage Rumor is, um, the cult story was started, um, along with the, along with the, um, um, serial killer, they kind of start weeding out the cast, because General Hospital has a bloated cast. Um, Matt Cohen left, he played Griffin, and he was, he was very popular. Um... But again, soap audiences are different. Um, and the, so the cold storyline is believed to have been started um, to kind of make Michelle angsty and unhappy. And as that storyline started to creep towards the front burner, Michelle's airtime started dwindling. First of all, if this is true, it's super duper petty. And I'm all for it. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I adore Michelle Stafford. I actually think she's a very talented actress. Um, I think she has a lot going for her. I just don't think General Hospital was ever the right fit for her. Just like I don't think Days of Our Lives would be the right fit for Gina. If she ends up there, I'll support her, but... Um, it always seemed as if... Um, Gina is a very serious actress. You don't really see her in too many comedic storylines. Um, not that she couldn't do them, but she probably could, but... You know what I'm saying. Um, and with Michelle... She's a very strong actress, but I don't think she ever quite felt comfortable in Nina's shoes. And I don't think the writers ever, after Ron C. left, I don't think the writers ever knew what to do with the character of Nina. They wanted to redeem her. They wanted her to be like some sort of Miranda Priestly, but nice type character. And I think if they had stuck to the original formula that Ron C. had set out where she was just psycho, and you don't need to redeem her. You just, you know, she can drive story. They would have been fine. But for whatever reason, they didn't. And we ended up with a hot mess. And that's, that's going to do it for me for today. I'm going to keep following this Michelle Stafford story. Um, though I don't expect m- much more details to come out. Um, maybe... First air dates in Gina's new job, but um, I'm going to also keep an eye on what's going on over at General Hospital, because I think that there, there's something big going on there. I don't know if it's a cancellation on the horizon, or um, or what's going on, but there's definitely something going on over there, and I want to keep an eye out. So, um, as always, thank you guys for listening, and... Until next time, cheers.